What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Episode 39, Cryptocurrencies Part 2. Hey Chainers, and welcome to another edition of Chain of Wealth. I'm your host, Dennis O'Brien. And I'm Katie Welsh. All right, Katie, so today is part two of our series of cryptocurrencies. Ooh, okay. Yeah, so basically, cryptocurrencies is a really complicated area, and as a result, we're doing this awesome series with my good friend, Dominic Florzak. I think that is a really good idea, Den, because your brain can only take in so much at one time, and to break it up makes it a little bit more easier to understand. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely a very complicated area, and I think that the nice thing is that this is like bite-sized chunks that people can like listen to a little bit and sort of try to take a little bit away from each episode. Yeah, and that also gives them... A little bit of time to do some research in the meantime. Yeah, no, for sure. So we had episode one coming out last week on Thursday and today's episode two and part three is going to be on this week, Thursday. So definitely look out for us. Yes. Awesome. You want to dive right into our interview? Of course I do. Let's do it. Welcome to Chain of Wealth. Here's your host, Dennis, inspiring you to begin your journey of financial freedom. Hey, Chainers, and welcome to another edition of Chain of Wealth. Today is part two of three of our crypto series with Dominic Blozak. Dominic has a B-Farm with distinction from the University of the Witwatersrand and an MBA in Business Administration from Heriot Watt University. He's currently the Managing Director of a pharmaceutical company and is in charge of the firm's corporate crypto portfolio. He's an experienced trader dealing with both stocks and cryptocurrency. Welcome back, Dominic. Thank you. Awesome. So let's dive right into Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies today. So. Bitcoin has received a lot of attention and it's definitely one of the biggest coins by market cap. So let's chat about why you would consider other currencies instead of Bitcoin. It's a really good question. 
it really goes back to your value proposition of why you're investing in a coin. So what I'll suggest to your listeners is please don't buy a coin based on hype. You, you know, you need to be responsible and you have to do research and you really need to sit down and think, why Why do you back the project? It's the same as if you're investing in shares. Why are you backing the company? So, um, for example, you, you might want to buy into Bitcoin because you hear a lot of hype about it and it's the first one you hear about. But why? Is it the best transactional cryptocurrency? Currently, it's not. There's a new... A cryptocurrency called Rayblox, which basically triumphs over all current cryptocurrencies. So if you think that you want to back a project which um, has the best current real world, real world use for transactions, then you should actually not invest in Bitcoin. You should invest in Rayblox if that's what you value. But then always remember you need to hedge. So any listener who's listening now, you need to have a diversified portfolio because if, for example, you invest in a coin, let's call it coin X, and it turns out the team wasn't good and they didn't fulfill their promises or their technology becomes obsolete, you could lose, you must be ready to lose everything. And um, just for the record disclaimer, I'm not giving any financial advice over here. Um, this, if you if you do choose to invest in cryptocurrency, it, it is at your own risk. Yeah, no, 100%. So let's chat a bit about blockchain technology. So just a moment, if if, if I may interrupt, yeah, sure. I don't I don't feel I uh, answered your question. What was the question exactly? <laughs> um, it, it was why other coins are popping up and whether you should invest in them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So basically just looking at your value proposition. So, for example, what I'll let your um, listeners know is there are other currencies which are, for example, called secrecy coins. So that's Zcash, uh, Monero, Verge. And a lot of people value that. I know in America, there's companies which can track your uh, Bitcoin transactions to try and monitor your short term gains and uh, some uh, individuals are completely against that. So they would, for example, invest in that. And if you're, from your perspective, that's something you value and something you feel is going to gain traction, then follow that value proposition and invest in that coin. Or, for example, these tokens which are bank-backed in a way, uh, Ripple and Stella Lumens, if you feel that the concept of being able to send money overseas to friends or family with less transactional fees is something that you feel safe with and that you support, then go ahead and uh, you know invest in that currency. But the, the only thing, the real advice I can give your listeners is you have to do the research. And the first thing you should look at is the team. Do they look capable? Are they qualified? And is there any evidence that they've actually pulled off projects of certain magnitude because at the moment a lot of uh, coin offerings will sell you dreams and you won't often go and put down a fair amount of money um, if someone walks past you on the street and says i have this amazing idea i'm going to make a spaceship which can fly around to mars and back in an hour you you, you want to do your research and make sure that there's a some kind of validity behind those claims so be careful in terms of what value proposition you are going to put your money behind. Perfect. So 
earlier you spoke about ray blocks. Now, ray blocks, from what I understand, doesn't use blockchain the way that the other cryptocurrencies use it. Could you sort of explain, firstly, what is blockchain and why Rayblox is different? Well, Rayblox uses a lattice, um, and the means of it verifying the transactions is very different from the means of verifying transactions, for example, the original blockchain, which is Bitcoin where we'll take multiple verification steps and that's what miners get rewarded for. So they're basically being rewarded for verifying a transaction from let's say me to you and then they'll get a portion of a Bitcoin for doing that each time. Uh, the Rayblock system, as far as I understand it, uh, it has mechanisms where the verification steps are not done by the users, but they're done by the network itself, and it goes under far less verification steps working off a lattice. So that is incredibly complex and very hard to summarize. Um, but yeah, it's not the same technology in the same way where IOTA uses a tangle and not a blockchain, but it all comes down to this internal system verifications. So for example, the nice thing about IOTA is if I want to send currency to uh, yourself, before that currency gets sent through, I need to verify two transactions. So obviously, if you look at the arithmetic, uh, the scalability, which is always spoken about uh, in blockchain, you know, can it handle, for example, a billion users? And for example, of course it can. For example, IOTA's Tangle, because if there's a billion users, they can verify two billion transactions. It's really interesting. Um, yeah, I think to summarize, sorry, blockchain is an immutable ledger of events, which is has quite a strong value proposition in terms of real world use cases. Cool. So Rayblock's sort of the new kid on the block, definitely something to keep an eye on and see what happens there. Now, I have a question for you about Rayblock's. Seeing as how it's not using the blockchain to verify transactions, how do we still know that the transactions are valid? To be honest, that's something you'd have to probably research. I think there's a video on it from Ivan on tech. So if like yourself, you sound interested, if that's something you want to invest in, that's a very valid question to ask yourself because that's key to the value proposition. Because right now, what I know about Raybox, Rayblox is that it can do 7,000 transactions a second. And the best comparison to that was Ripple, where they claim to do 1,500. And below that is Litecoin, which is 70 transactions a second. And um, it's also free, completely free, which is a big deal because you can send very small amounts to each other and you actually won't lose on transaction fees. Um, so I like what their value proposition is where they basically turned around and they said as a development team, we're just going to address one core issue, which is transaction times and, uh, transaction fees. So for example, Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg was talking about, um, wanting to look into crypto to adopt into Facebook. So for example, they could use it for microtransactions but their profits would soar. So for example, if you need to pay for an upgrade in some game on Facebook or 
similar game of like Candy Crush and you need more lives, instead of using a credit card where up to 3% will go to the credit card company, the full amount will go to Facebook. And they've got, I think, over a billion users. So that translates into significant profits. Um, and that's, for example, why I would invest in Rayblox after doing some verification of the technology is because that value proposition has a very good uh, real-world use scenario. And then I'll also make a comparison. For example, Litecoin on average is selling about above $200. And that one of the core premises behind was that they want, um, they want a transactional cryptocurrency that works better than Bitcoin and Ethereum in its current state. And what happened now is out of the blue, kind of, Rayblox turned around and said, okay, well, we solved it. How's it? And yeah. that's why there was in two weeks a value jump from opening value of 0, 0,01 to uh, I think $28. I mean, those are incredible gains for a 14-day period. Yeah, no, it's definitely amazing how some of these cryptos can jump around. So in terms of diversifying your portfolio, I always tell people that diversifying is one of the most important things you can do. Don't put oil eggs in one basket. You should really diversify. Now, in diversifying, you can diversify even further. So as an example, in a well-balanced portfolio, you'll have a collection of stocks, bonds, fixed income securities, a whole bunch of stuff. Crypto can be one of those things that you're invested in. But now in crypto itself, you can also diversify. So could you explain a little bit about how you go about diversifying a crypto portfolio? Sure. Yeah. So for example, um, on the portfolios I manage, including my own individual portfolio, I like to have, and I feel bad saying this, but I like to have these banker associated cryptocurrencies. So for example, Ripple and Stellar Lumens, because there is animosity in a way between those old financial sectors and this kind of new I wouldn't call it financial sector, but this this new kind of uh, value system. Um, so I would say it's important to have either one of those. Then you want to look into a traditional cryptocurrency such as Ethereum and Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash. Um, and then you want to look at buying into, for example, a crypto token, which is essentially a share to exchange. So KuCoin shares. Coscoin or BNB token, which is a token which belongs to a big exchange called Binance. And as long as there's trading occurring in cryptocurrencies, uh, it's very likely that your value of that token, which will pretend as a share, is increasing. And I don't see people stop trading. Even if things go dip into the red, people continue trading. So it's a nice hedge. And then what you could do is also, last of all, um, you could invest in a token which gives you access to a certain platform. So, for example, there's a token called Vibe, which is a token you use to download materials for your 3D VR systems where you can have almost like a private concert from your favorite celebrities, your favorite bands, or you can have lectures from leading experts on certain topics. And they're forcing you to use a Vibe token to access that. Or there's one that's called Funfair. If you want to go online and gamble using this token, uh, you have to use their token. And obviously, there's 
there's pros and cons to that. It's not something I'm too happy about, which I won't go into now, but it is a, a good thing to keep in your portfolio from a diversification perspective, especially if you look and see that, for example, that token is backed by a very large company. Um, so I think, don't quote me on this, but I've been reading up just recently about one called Kincoin, which they have a ton of them and they sell at a very, very low amount. But apparently they're one of the biggest uh, social chat companies in America. And the premise of that token is actually very good. It's very likely that people will be using it, uh, which will add a lot of value to it once those software systems are implemented. So those are safe hedges. That's a very safe portfolio. Then, for example, there's some individuals who might, for example, put money into an ICO, which is putting money into initial coin offering before anyone's even proven themselves. It's just an idea they have. This is the team they'll present. And if you think the concept is good, you put the money in. And that's something I stay away from personally, because even after ICO, you'll see a coin might be sold for zero comma four US dollars a coin. And then after release, it could drop to a negligible value because the team will do something wrong here or there. Yeah. So what I do is when I do invest, I do try and put as much logic into my decisions. And then I do look at cryptos from different spheres. So to summarize, basically a cryptocurrency, uh, a bank associated token, an access token, a secrecy coin, and then uh, let's call it a share in an exchange. I really appreciate that. And I think you mentioned something interesting with the whole bank backed coins that are sprouting up. Folks, the financial system is not going to collapse as we know it. And it's quite easy to say why. Ultimately, credit. People still need credit. And even if there are a million coins floating around, the financial system still needs to exist. People still need to be lent money so that they can purchase expensive things such as houses or cars or whatever it is. So I think in the next couple of years, we may see a transition from traditional currencies into crypto. If that does go that way, who knows? I'm speculating. But I think that it's definitely going to introduce a whole new element to the ball game. We may start seeing exchanges like stock exchanges traded in cryptocurrencies, you know, and you'll be able to buy shares of like Apple with Ethereum. You know, I think that the limits, well, there is no basically limits in the foreseeable future. It's just a question of how quickly people will adopt the technology and where we're going to head to from there. Yeah. On that note, uh, I didn't mention another diversification strategy uh, that I use a little bit, but they are using digital lending platforms now. So for example, there's a token called EtherLend and uh, you can actually go and um, lend funds in a complicated system there using that platform so it is there's there's a lot of movement there which is challenging concepts in the financial sphere Um, but as you say i think we're a long way away from even the financial system being too threatened by what's happening here so for example i spoke to another individual that said you know there's 850 million or billion us dollars uh, market cap no it's it's million 852 million uh, us dollars in um oh, sorry what am i talking about it's billion 
billion dollars market cap and all of this money is leaving banks and it's a catastrophe and they're so angry and it's not true right now it's seen as a product because all of that fiat that's gone into that um cryptocurrency sphere is sitting in a bank account which is linked to an exchange so we're not currently tipping over the the financial system as we see it you know we, we, until it gets to the stage where we're trading ethereum for ethereum where you know i can go and buy a coca-cola with ethereum i'm not threatening anybody i'm not threatening any traditional financial system because and that's one of the most contentious issues currently in cryptocurrency sphere where we still need to use old traditional currencies fiat currencies to buy in and and then once once we make the transition from there then then that's going to be a revolution per se but right now i just view it as a product product offering do you think the days may be coming where you're busy signing a new job offer and you're selecting what cryptocurrency you want to get paid in that's already happening um that's happening in i think denmark where don't quote me on that but half of their salary can be attained in crypto and then they mention what crypto they want and also just to mention on a point you're discussing until recently you could pay for microsoft products and bitcoin i don't know if you knew that i didn't actually know that but i also know that's like there, there is been definitely been a massive increase in adoption and i know several platforms have started accepting bitcoin if you try and buy something over the internet or I know there also are places that you can go and actually buy with Bitcoin. You know, you'll literally just walk into a store and pay with Bitcoin. And mm, K- KFC Canada two weeks ago. Yeah. EFT system, but you can buy a bucket of chicken. I think they call it a crypto bucket uh, <laughs> with Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> really appreciate that. Yeah, no, it, it's definitely going to be an interesting uh, time as we see more and more places starting to accept crypto. And I think we'll see a lot of companies sprouting up to sort of try and facilitate that process. Like, I think one of the biggest problems right now is most of the bigger cryptocurrencies is that transaction or that, that, that waiting time for the transaction to process. And I think that if that problem can be solved, which it sounds like some of these newer coins really have the potential to, sol- to solve them, we may be in a different ballgame altogether. Yeah, so so you're completely right. So I mean, just to touch on that topic, um, Ethereum's still very new and it's, it's shooting in value, but they want to adopt a technology called sharding, where they claim where they could uh, essentially utilize or provide fifty thousand transactions a second um, on on this technology described as sharding, and if they do achieve that it's 10 times the amount that Visa can handle. And then there's no problem for Amazon or someone to adopt them, especially seeing that it's such a good hedge against inflation because as time goes by, it's harder to get hold of these coins, as you understand, or the more you have, the higher you can proof of stake. So if Amazon was sitting there with 100,000 Ethereum coins, the, the interest they'd be earning that would be far superior to what you get at bank. So, I mean, from a perspective currently, as you said, I, I do control a small uh, portfolio for a company and you know one of the accounts they hold is called a market link account and they make five percent a year on that i make five percent or more a day in the crypto portfolio yeah 
and if I think about it, you make 5% a year with your market link account, for example, the company I work for, but core inflation was 6.1%. My money is decreasing in value as I hold it over a 12-month period. It's From a financial perspective, it's, it's not something that's looked upon lightly. Uh, the, the value proposition that cryptocurrencies provide to a company that's willing to work in a type Y kind of environment and let's say provide 1% of profits uh, to crypto investing, so far what I've seen from a personal capacity have been incredible. And um, it's unfortunate a lot of companies have missed out, you, you know, sticking to um, these traditional financial markets, which actually provide you with very, very little. Yeah, no, definitely. And and I think that's basically how some banks work as well. You know, they they will borrow money from one person and give it to another person. And they, in essence, just make money off whatever that difference is and whatever they can negotiate. So leaving your money in a bank account or regardless, you're, sure, it's, it's low risk. And I'm going to say low in inverted commas, but you're not going to see any increase. real return. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, they, they look at the example of Greece, for example. You know, okay, sure, your money hasn't been completely written off, but you can only pull out like I think twenty thousand euros or something a month, or is it a year? You don't quote me on that, but it's completely unacceptable from my perspective. I'd rather go back to the gold standard. I have a hundred gold tokens, and something goes wrong. Your government messes up, which is it's it's just right, you know. I mean, if you think about it, uh, some people might disagree with this, but if fifty one percent of people vote in a d democracy for, you know, candidate A, for that 49% living under candidate A when they voted for candidate B, it feels like a sort of dictatorship. I'm not saying it is a dictatorship, but it, it is a, a position that can make an individual feel disgruntled. And sure, they need to bite their tongues and deal with the majority's vote. But I don't feel consequences should be so direct. So if chosen government was a mistake and they have bad fiscal policies and do not conduct themselves in a proper manner, I don't see why your life earnings or your work or the time expended in your life to achieve a certain goal should be, you know, torn apart, essentially, like happened in, in Greece or other certain countries where systems collapsed. And I think, you know, if, if another big financial collapse does occur, there's going to be huge outpour and backing and moves into the cryptocurrency sphere because from a system's perspective, uh, it is far superior than our traditional models that we're using now, even though some people will probably be quite upset to hear that. I'm actually really glad you touched on that. And I've been speculating the same thing. When the next recession or global financial crisis does happen, I really think that people are going to be looking to crypto as the new gold because gold in essence in financial and times of uncertainty, that's where people put their money because they are worried about their own local currency, whether it's the dollar, the euro, and they move their money into gold. And from a, from a conceptual perspective, gold is a tangible asset. It's something you can hold in your hand and it has value. Now, Seeing as we moved away from the gold standard, I don't see any reason why cryptocurrency wouldn't get adopted in favor of gold. Totally. But I mean, just to touch on the most simplistic term, 
nothing stops me from picking up this PC that I'm talking to you via and holding it on my arms and saying, this is, this is my, these are my tokens because they do exist in an algorithm on my circuitry in the copper there. You know, they're almost as physical as gold. They exist. Yeah. They're, they're, (laughs) (laughs) you you know, they don't exist without the matter around it. They don't exist without the algorithm. It's not just something floating in air. And there is a value proposition behind it in terms of the fact that it takes electricity, effort, and hardware to make these things exist. Um, So I think people really need to rethink any kind of commentary they might have on the new emerging market because if you look at it without bias, which is what I did, it's far superior. All we just need to do now is hope and pray for adoption because I definitely want my kids to grow up in a world when I do have kids to grow up in a world where they're not exposed to the same kind of hardships that governments have historically caused their people. You know, like, for example, let's say you were living in Germany during World War II and you didn't really, um, how you say, support anything that's going on around you, but you ran some successful butcheries. You know, when the war was lost, the the country was in dismay. The currency was, you know, losing value. Why should that happen? Why can't you sit there and earn fair value for fair work? And if your government want to go around doing something completely ridiculous, you shouldn't have to suffer the consequences so heavily. Same goes for, um, if, for example, me and you study together and you're running around and, you know, misbehaving in class, for example, I don't see a reason why that should be detrimental to the way that my exams are graded, if that makes sense. You know, let let certain individuals, let's say you're a class leader, let certain individuals behave badly, and sure, it will have an effect. I might have a disgruntled teacher in that analogy, but, you know, you need to make a delineation, a separation from the reward system, my time and effort being to put towards something and someone else's behavior. And I really do mean someone else's because like, like you say, majority of politicians in the world don't have my or your best interests at heart. For sure. All right, awesome. So let's chat a little bit about the recent crash that happened in the cryptocurrency markets. So how can people that are invested in cryptocurrencies try and protect themselves against stuff like that from happening again? I believe there's a coin called Tether that's linked to the US dollar. Um, yeah. Would you say that people should move their money into a coin like Tether instead of liquidating their portfolio? Yeah, you ne- you definitely don't want to liquidate your portfolio almost ever. But what happened there is known very well by veterans in cryptocurrency. It happens almost exactly the same time around January. And it has to do with this mass migration, you'd call it in China, where people need money for transportation, but they also have this red envelope tradition where you have to give individuals money. And, you know, culturally, it's actually very important. And this is why you have a massive sell-off during that time. But that sell-off leads to fear, uncertainty, and doubt. But, and all new investors, and there were so many over December, you could see it because coin exchanges were inhibiting people from signing up. Um, they 
they just see their, their money disappearing. They don't understand the system. They feel insecure and they sell. And it causes this very vicious downtrend, which is very profitable for individuals like myself who buy right at the bottom because they go and discover what's happening. Um, but yes, if you, for example, invest now, let's say you put money in now just after the dip and it's almost reaching like, let's say 10th, 12th of January or um, let's say 21st December next year. What you could do to hedge your risk is you can put all of your crypto into Tether, wait for the imminent dip, which I still believe is going to happen next year in January. And then as the dip starts to recover, as you see a little bit of green, as it reaches what's called a threshold bottom value, you take your money out of Tether and you buy all the coins that you believe in again. And that's a simple way to make about a from 40 to 60% gain in about two weeks. Chainers, we're just going to take a quick break and then we're going to dive right back into the value link round. Chainers, we've been loving hanging out with you and teaching you a little bit more about crypto. If you'd like to continue your education, head over to chainofwealth.com slash crypto. There you can sign up for Crypto School, where we teach you everything you need to know how to invest in crypto. Things such as what is a wallet? How do you invest safely? How do you buy into crypto? How do you use other exchanges? Whole bunch of stuff like that. That's chainofwealth.com slash crypto. So Dominic, do you have a favorite quote that you like to live by? I do. It's likely not the most elegant one. It's from a comedian... Bill Maher, if I'm not mistaken. No, it was a George, it's George Carlin, actually. Uh, I'll change it so I don't want to swear, but it basically says, eat feces, a trillion flies can't be wrong. Uh, <laughs> it's the, the fallacy ad numerum, I think they call it, um, or argumentum ad populum. And basically what it implies is, you know, being a sheeple and, and just following the norm because you know, everyone around you can't be wrong. And for example, I guess that's what happened with me in 2010 and Bitcoin currency, uh, because, you know, everyone else says it's a scam and no one else is investing or talking about it. Why the hell should I put my hard earned money into this? Um, if it was good, I'd hear hype about it. And that was probably one of the first times I learned the lesson where put the initiative and take, take the, you know, take the initiative and the responsibility to, have your own critical thought. A lot of the time, the general population is wrong. And there's a lot, actually, I didn't discuss it, but it's 90, 99% of people or higher will probably disagree with the whole concept of crypto flat out, even though they're not, not experts or well read on it. And that's just because they might have heard you know, fear mongering from uh, mainstream media. So it's definitely something in life to be very careful of. It's definitely getting a lot of media. That is for sure. It's actually interesting to see how the media is like crypto crash, you know, has the bottom come out. But I mean, the media these days is also just so dishonest. You know, they you never know like who to trust and everything else. And I think Donald Trump, not to be a, a massive fan, but he, he's right. Fake news, you know, <laughs> I actually saw that he did a fake news awards and, uh, I haven't looked into it too much yet, but I think uh, <laughs> he's spot on. There's a huge amount of fake news. And I think that the fact that Mark Zuckerberg is has made it his goal this year to fix Facebook and 
the spawning of um, fake news and everything else, it, it's definitely testament to that there's a massive problem with um, fake news in our society. I do. I think anyone who's actually interested in what you're saying right now should go look at the history of the Rothschilds in the 80s and what they did in order to purchase numerous media outlets. Some being proven, a lot of media, a lot of news comes from uh, Reuters, which is actually owned and influenced by very powerful business people. And you can't pull your information from a biased system. It would never work in a medical field, for example. It shouldn't work um, on a day-to-day basis. Unfortunately, there isn't like a peer review system for the newspaper you get every morning. But um, believe it or not, propaganda didn't disappear in World War II. It's still going on all around us. And I think the nice thing and that I'm proud of society is people are very much waking up to the fact that completely fake news with agendas is being uh, pushed towards certain individuals. And I see that very much regarding cryptocurrency. I see things such as it's a scam. It's a Ponzi scheme. Um, it's a bubble. How can it be 20,000 a coin, et cetera, et cetera. And I mean, I read these ridiculous articles objectively. I'm not a very emotional person and you know, it's it's complete rubbish. Chainers, we've been hanging out with Dominic Florzak. He has been trading cryptocurrencies for a couple of years and has quite a good insight into everything. If you'd like some further reading on articles that he's done, head over to chainervault.com slash Dominic. That's D-O-M-I-N-I-C. Chainers, we've loved hanging out with you. If you'd like to continue the conversation, head over to chainervault.com slash podcast there you can find dominic's show notes page and read a bit more about crypto that's it for this episode don't forget to tune in for our next session which will be part three on crypto and if you really enjoy this podcast leave us a review we really read and appreciate every single review and it really helps the podcast grow catch you on the flip side Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.